Good evening, Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters, listeners and friends. You're very welcome to the talk show for talkers. And I'm joined again this evening, and we are on post-conference, so we're all a little bit down, but rejuvenated, invigorated, and looking forward to everything about this fantastic organisation that we're in. I'm joined by the meticulous Myra. Oh, I like that one, Ted. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I hope you have just as good a one for me. The persuasive Paul, Paul O'Malley. Thank you, Ted. Or the mercurial Paul. No, 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 that's no the, I have uh, to get peas for you, Paul, you, yeah. You have to, yeah, so, no, peas. <laughs> stop. Do you know what they say when you get into a hole? Stop digging. Yes. You were you were on a winner with, I was, I was. with what was called meticulous, meticulous Moira mm-hmm. and persuasive Paul. Persuasive Paul. Yeah, that's good yeah. because both of those people, Moira demonstrated last weekend how meticulous she is because we were packing up some of Moira's accoutrements after the conference, and I never realised that this young lady has so much stuff that she has to drag up and down stairs, microphones, <laughs> cameras, <laughs> tripods, quad now, pods, this everything is, I, you could I, look I, at. I should tell you that I was doing an official job at the conference. I was videoing yes. some of the workshops. Mm-hmm. So I had to have my you did professional gear, yeah. as well as, of course, doing the recordings that we made for the Talk Show for Talkers, which hopefully you will hear some of later. Yes, but the thing is that those of us who are privileged to sit inside in the studio with Mara and, and give our, our bit, whatever, rest of, we really appreciate what goes on behind the scenes. Well, do you know what? I realise that when Myra comes to record the talk show for talkers, she brings her baggage with her. She does. <laughs> she does. She brings the suitcase. Or, oh, she didn't like the baggage woman, doesn't she? Folks, we have uh, the, the studio sits in the suitcase. It's a, a mobile studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, all I do is I, I open the suitcase up, open the bag, and everything comes out. And then when we finish, it's closed up and I can carry it yeah, all the way in one bag. Yeah. So it's, it's wonderful. All invented by Myra. And I must say that the three of us really enjoyed last weekend and both of my co-hosts this evening will explain how they enjoyed it. But Paul, you were there in your official capacity also as the VPPR for the conference. And you did a huge amount of work before the conference. So your experience of it, did all that work pay off? Well, just to clarify, I was the publicity guy. Well, that's right. the VPPR yeah. well, like. well, yeah. We leave out these. <laughs> Public relations. I don't need four letters after my name, okay, Ted. Well, I'm just a right. publicity head. Right. No, I tell you what, I did it. It was an outstanding success. Mm-hmm. It exceeded, from my point of view, mm-hmm. it exceeded my expectations and it exceeded the expectations of every person that I spoke to. Yes, same here. And to, without boring pants off everybody, you know, I really do think it was a phenomenal, what would I say, personal experience, social experience, learning experience, mm-hmm. and somebody said once, it might have been you, it might have been Moira O'Brien, who said, look, if you go to one conference, you're highly likely to go to a second one. If you've never been to a conference, you might be unsure about whether it's really worth it. I think let's move on from the conference. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes, I agree. Simply, mm-hmm. you know, bear it in mind throughout this entire show. Yeah, I, I think Otherwise, we'll never get we, we, to the, we'll never get to the phrase the of the section, week or yes, the word of the week. And mm-hmm. Mara will never get to do her piece on Pathways. 
And of course, you're right, Paul, you, you refer to the agenda. And what I am going to say is we, of course, listeners and Toastmasters, of course we have our word of the week and we also have our phrase of the week. So there's <laughs> some lovely stuff in here. And what I will do is I will promise you a surprise in the second part and you will even be more surprised because you'll have to come back for the third part to finish the surprise that I've offered you in the second part. So figure that out for yourselves. <laughs> and I should have mentioned at the start outside the uh, meticulous Myra and the persuasive Paul, I'm Ted Melanfi. So you are. And I'm delighted to be with you. <laughs> I, I always to give my own name at the start, at, at the introduction of it. So, Moira, is it you have the word of the week, or is no, it Paul? No, Paul has Paul the word, has the word of the week. You I don't would, want to I take it away from me. I've done <laughs> a would, lot of preparation for this, Ted. I would be completely flummoxed <laughs> if you asked me to give the, uh, the word of the day. Moira, let me tell you something about Ted. <laughs> His rich, mellifluous voice is truly an asset when it's time to honeyfuggle the crowd. So his rich, mellifluous voice is truly an asset when it's time to honeyfuggle the crowd. Ted, let me put it in context. I'm tired of having to grease the palms of corrupt jailers or being honeyfuggled by thieving auction agents trying to cheat me out of my reward. And finally, I want to tell you something about the president. The president and his top aides, including the Secretary of State, peddled elaborate lies, evasions, prevarication, hoax, disinformation, fakery, flimflam, and assorted honeyfuggle for months. Now, now, have you ever needed a word, Ted, to refer to people who ingratiate or seek to ingratiate themselves so as to cheat or deceive people? People who have smarmy words sound like as if they're madly in love with you in order to steal your money. Have you ever needed a word for that? Yeah, these are people who are so soaked in the verbosity of their own exuberance, you mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> these people are Honey. tricksters, yeah. fraudsters out to rob other people. Okay. Now, there is a word, Ted. Yeah, Honeyfuggle. Now. Beautiful. Where did I get the word honeyfuckle? I was in the pub late last night, and one guy said to the other, you're a bloody honey honeyfuckle you are. Yeah. And I said, stop swearing. And he said, what? No, the truth is that it was the Oxford English Dictionary word of the day yesterday. Honeyfuggle. It's all one It's word. an American, yes, H-O-N-N. H-O-N-N. H-O-N-N-E-Y, honey, mm -hmm. F-U-G-G-L-E, and it's not it has no, uh, first no a dash in the mini. I know. Gorgeous word. I know. Gorgeous yeah, yeah. word. It's, in not, fact, it's not used very often. Yeah, I right? would imagine in fact, it went out of use. Yeah, because I, I would say it's been out of use for a few hundred years. No. Yeah. No? no? Not that long. Really? Not that long. Not for a few hundred years. It's been out. It was, it's a, an American word. It's oh, an American right. word. What is even and it isn't used in this century, and there are no great quotations by Shakespeare or anybody else mm. for that matter. But I thought that for once it might be interesting to have a word of the week here on the show which no wise speechmaker would ever use. Mm. Now, if you wanted to spew a whole load of words that sound like curse words, you know, 
You honeyfuckle, you. It's actually a verb, you see. But it sounds like, that might sound like as if it was very, uh, you know, a word you wouldn't it sounds, use in Yes, it company. sounds very rude. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it sounds rude. You know, yeah. I tell you what, you know, Ted, if I was to honeyfuggle you, you'd be in big trouble, yes, right? But I, yeah. You know, but the point about it is that it really is uh, one of those words I would never have come across. And the reason I partly mention it is that it's just so unusual. Mm. All one word, honey fuggle, F-U-G-G-L-E. Yeah, it sounds a bit blasphemous. It, it does yeah, indeed. But I, also, you know, you if know. You, when, when you explained it, yeah, and when I heard it the second time, the first time I thought you were swearing, definitely, when you said honey fuggle, uh, and then when you said honey fuggled, <laughs> it, it sounds like that you would be, if you said to a person you're a honey fuggler, it sounds as if you're paying them a compliment. Because well, it's a beautiful yes. word. Uh, but if I told you I'd been honey-fuggling honey Moira before we did the show... <laughs> could be, uh, you, could be, uh, you could be caught there with your pants down. Yeah, you could be, that could be dangerous. That could be dangerous. You better take that bit out, Moira. I, I think you should leave it in, Moira. I think you should definitely leave it in. Awful flash. So there's... there's a lovely, uh, but the key thing word. about this is that I want to suggest to Toastmasters that there is a tremendous resource online mm. called the Oxford English Dictionary. It's free. Mm. You don't have to pay. The app is, I, I believe, I remember that the app is free. You sign up, you, you sign on for a daily email. Mm. So I would never have to think in my club what would be a good word. Now, I might not like the word, but, but by the time, there, there are so many mm. words that there are there. And I'll never be short of a word here on the show mm. once a week. And of course, well, the Oxford English Dictionary for us on this side of the Atlantic is the authority over the other side of the Atlantic. They Webster's. have to put up with Webster's, mm. of course. Let's move on, though, from the word of the week to the saying of the week, I suggest, if yes. that's okay. Would yes, it, you wouldn't feel I'd be honey-fuggling you if not I... Not at all. You knew that I was going to give you the phrase for the week anyway, or the thought for the week. And my, my thought this week is a real thought. This is something you should think about, listeners. Somewhere, someone else is happy with less than you have. I had to think about this one for a second, but it is so true. It, it is. is so it true. Is. We are privileged. We are privileged. We There's are no privileged. Doubt. And there but are people who are more privileged than us. This is true as well. There are certainly lots of more people who are less privileged than us but quite possibly very much happier than us. And that's what that thing Indeed. is all about. So it's a humbling and it's an uplifting saying for the week. So if you, Toastmasters, if you can think of that at some stage over the next week, that somewhere someone else is happy with less than you have, that might put things into perspective for you. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Many people have come to Blarney Club, for example, after being on their holidays. Mm. I remember a man called Hank, or Hank, Hank being up, up the side of the, um, the, not the Apennines, up the side of Everest or mm -hmm. something like well, that. He came back and he spoke about his journey. And anyone who returns from a journey going to other parts of the world may well come back saying that the people yes. in Tibet are very much happier than the people living in their detached houses with their Maseratis so in right. West Cork. So right, and they have nothing there. 
Yeah, you're so right. And if somebody also wanted to, I mean, I come out of this background where we learned the meaning of a word which is called a relative deprivation. Yes. Mm -hmm. A guy called Runciman did the original work on it or came up with the idea of relative deprivation. So you have absent deprivation mm -hmm. and relative deprivation. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you, that, that phrase you've given about somewhere there are people you know, satisfied with a lot less than, yes. than you, that brings into the arena the notions of absolute and, and, relative. and relative deprivation as well. It does. So it's a rich theme of thought. Beautiful. Ted. You, you mentioned Hank. He also paddled in a kayak down the Amazon. The Mississippi, I thought. Oh, yes, Which was the it? Mississippi. The well, Mississippi. Yes. Well, well, you know, Mississippi. So Mississippi brings us ni right nicely onto our first piece of music this evening. It's George Ezra and Paradise.
and welcome back Toastmasters to this section of the talk show for talkers and I'm privileged to have a gentleman sitting right opposite me here and this gentleman is smiling and waving you should see the body language and this man is a professional at telling us how to use body language it's my pleasure to present to you all today Mr Simon Bucknell who is the D91 district champion and he was also number two in the world of international public speaking competition last year. Simon, you're very welcome. Thank you and lovely to be here. And it's a pleasure to have you here. And we are right at the midpoint, or maybe slightly beyond the midpoint of the D71 Safe Haven Conference. Mm. And what did you think of the speech contest that we have just concluded? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was tremendous. It had 10 speakers, and of course, that's a, that's a lot of speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, my attention was held throughout. I thought the speakers did a great job. I think it's quite common for people to say, oh, you know, really good contest. They were all so good. They really, really were today, yeah, I thought. Yeah. It was excellent. And, and it was noticeable just how powerful the humour was to help uh, emphasize the messages and relax the audience and engage people. I thought it was fantastic and uh, a very worthy winner. And I really appreciate those words from you because you know what it's like to go through what these people had to go through. Mm. And you also went on further where our winner from today, Deirdre Lenehan from Division B, she will be heading off to Chicago, Chicago. this year. <laughs> so she will be taking the trip that you have taken. So yes. would there be words of advice that you could give a Toastmaster who reached these heady heights such as Deirdre? Well, just as I was fortunate to benefit from the advice of all sorts of former contestants at that level, absolutely, if there's a way I can pay that forward, then delighted to. And so I say hello to Deirdre during the course of this Excellent. conference. Delighted. And I would love to do that if, if she would like to. Of That's course. fantastic. That's brilliant. And thank you very much for that, Simon. So I'm glad I asked you that question. <laughs> <laughs> Not that ever you want to force advice on people. You no, know, no, but no, no, but I think that's a wonderful. Great, of course. Yeah, and that, that this is what Toastmasters do. You've just mm. put out your hand there and said, look, mm. if you need a little bit of mentoring, you can contact me here. Or, that's it. So I think that's exactly. wonderful. So exactly. thank you for that. Even if it's just to reassure about a little bit of reassurance around what sorts of things to expect. Yes, because yeah. when I first went to the International Convention back in 2006, it was a bit of a blank page for me. I really wasn't of quite course. sure. And you can have a conversation about it and hear about it, but actually, to, to go and, and experience it is firsthand is yeah. quite a thing. So. Yeah, and when you're standing up on that stage and you're today we were looking out at about 220, 230 people. Yes. You were looking out probably at two and a half, three thousand people, would I be right? That's right, yes, yes, Jeez. yeah. And it, it's uh, it's an amazing experience that is just the energy you can sense it. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the audience in Vancouver in the in the World Convention in twenty seventeen was the largest audience in terms of numbers of people uh, that I've addressed and it's something that you'll always remember. That's a fantastic, you touched on something there that I've been thinking about myself. So in other words, when you're up there looking out at that vast audience, you draw inspiration from them. I think so. I think it it does absolutely uh, influence you as a speaker. I I think what's striking to me is that uh, as the number of people in an audience increases, um, I think the, the clarity of your message becomes so much more important. I think the importance of humour becomes that bit greater, which was, and then some very valuable lessons that I learned from the experience in the world final last year, for sure, things that I uh, learnt and can consider for improving in the future. Uh, that connection in the first 30 or so seconds is so important, and um, I think when you've got, and of course not only now with the convention have you got a very significant number of people in the audience, but mm. also it's a wonderfully diverse range of people from all over the world. Yes. And that's, that's quite rare to experience that number of people with that level of diversity. We're lucky actually that economically the world is kind of improving, that it, it isn't all America anymore. 
that mm. those of us who may not have been able to get there before now can afford to get there. Mm. You know, so we, we thank God for that. Now, this is usually one of the five questions. What brought you to Toastmasters? <laughs> well, I doubt I'm alone in, in having had this kind of experience or story. I had a bad experience in my first job years ago, uh, which uh, was actually a, a speech I was giving at a Leaving Drinks, my, my own Leaving Drinks, uh, from, a, from my first job. It was in May 2001. And I was always open to the idea of speaking. I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't that I, I, I hated it. I was not one of those people who would rather be in the coffin than giving a eulogy <laughs> at a funeral, you know. Yeah. I was not one of those, but I struggled with managing the adrenaline. And I found that my leaving drink speech, when I'd had very little practice, I had a job that didn't involve any presenting. I'd had no particular training or coaching. I, I did a bit of stuff at school, but no, not much more than that. And I, f I felt all those classic symptoms. You know, my heart was pounding and the shaky knee and face going red and all these things. And I stopped breathing properly and, and was all but hyperventilating over a desk. It was hideous as an experience in front of colleagues of mine. And it was so brutal. I, I found myself thinking, I've got to get better at this. There must be somewhere where I can improve. I'd never heard of Toastmasters at this point. Uh, so when I returned to London a little, bit, a little while later, I started to investigate and uh, eventually I, I met some people at an event who said, oh, have you heard of Toastmasters? I, I never heard of it. And that's how, but that's how it started. I visited some clubs and found a club that I absolutely loved and that's where it began. Inspirational, because I know when our listeners hear you say the word you've just said, they will be saying to themselves, yes, there's hope for me. Absolutely. Because when we see people like you up there being so good, we never reflect back to see what you had to do to get there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a lovely it. story. I, I think that's it. And I think there are, even within Toastmasters, I meet mm. all sorts of members who I think somewhere in their hearts and minds hold to this belief that the ability to speak in public and to be impactful, to be perhaps entertaining or inspiring is a magical gift that you're born with. And it's just it's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's a skill. It takes work. Ask any successful stand-up comedian, they'll say this. It's not as if people are born naturally funny. They have to work really hard at it. In mm -hmm. fact, I think there's a huge amount to be gained from looking at stand-up comedians because of the work they put in to make it appear natural and effortless and, of course, very entertaining. Yes. And the same is true with, with speakers more widely, I think. Inspiring speakers, and of course, there are a number of world champions of public speaking who have spoken very openly about this, about the work they put in to develop the material and the content and the skills and the and the mindset and so on to be able to achieve the kind of impact that they did and and I, I think in a way I, I count myself fortunate that back then in 2001 when I had that shocker uh, in my uh, leaving drink speech that that my first reaction was uh, there must be a way to improve rather than I can't do this yeah. and I think it's unfortunate that many people especially young people in in schools uh, under the age of 18 who feel that uh, th who feel put off because they think if they speak up and have a bad experience, I think without the right kind of support around you, it's very easy to think, oh, I can't do that. That's not for me. That's for other people. That's for confident people. That's for the charismatic person. And as a result, it's very easy to write oneself out of a whole path of, of development and opportunity, which irrespective of whether one wants to go into public speaking on a professional basis, is irrelevant. Um, but just as a journey through life, I think uh, it's so, so important to have a mindset, a growth mindset that says, this is a skill, it can be learnt, you can improve, it's not a gift. You're after inspiring me now because I'm starting a youth leadership programme next Friday with oh. kids who have been toughed out of school mm -hmm. because number one, some of them are just really too intelligent mm -hmm. and number two, some of them 
have not got the talents that maybe we have. But I'm going to use this as an inspiration for them. I'm going to use this recording because what you said there is, is so inspiring for people who are afraid to use their voice. Mm. They have the voice, they have what it takes. Yes. They just need somebody like you to say, yes, there was a time when I was not able to, and this is what you do. Absolutely, and I love the fact you said there that, that they have the voice, mm -hmm. and that's so important. I think it's often said you know, that it's important to find your voice, and, and of course I can see where people are coming from on that. It, it's I, I understand the, the sentiment. In my view, and I've worked with thousands of young people on, uh, in, in schools and things in particular, but also of course with professionals, they never lost it. <laughs> yes. So it's not that they had to find it, they needed an opportunity, a space and the right kind of support to develop it and to be able to make the most of it and to use it. And, and I think that's really, really key, actually. It's something that people discover. It's not something that's been lost and you have to go and track down somewhere yeah. in a cave. Uh, because, of course, we all speak in everyday life. Of course, of course. And, you know, one of the things that I'll be teaching those kids next week, I'm going to say, listen to what Simon Bucknell has said about his experience in 2001. So if Simon Bucknell was as good then as he is now, we may never have heard of him <laughs> as a speaker, right? So I wouldn't have met you today if you were good then and you aced your after drinks leaving, the, right, leaving right. the job. So yeah. I take inspiration from that. Now before the break we were talking to Simon Bucknell and the interview was going so well that we felt we couldn't cut him off at our customary 10 or 11 minutes. So here is Ted talking again to Simon Bucknell, so do enjoy. What has been the greatest benefit to you of your time in Toastmasters? It's the quality of Toastmasters as a safe environment, I think. It's so rare in life to find an opportunity to genuinely try some things out on a consistent basis, not as a one-off workshop, but on a consistent basis and to build into your, into your habit or your routine a, a space that is safe in which you can uh, engage a live audience, you can learn things, different, obviously a whole range of different skills, get feedback. That is exceptionally rare. I, I, I always, I've always thought of club membership as being a bit like gym membership mm -hmm. for speaking. Yeah. And if you were to go and run a marathon, you'd probably put some training in. And I think that uh, Toastmasters is, is an extraordinary place for that. And there are countless people to whom, uh, whom I've re recommended Toastmasters for precisely that reason. Because in the workplace, few people see workplace presentations, for example, mm -hmm. as a safe environment. Yes. With all the goodwill in the world, it's not a safe environment entirely because there's always something at stake. Of course, yeah. And, and I think that, that's what's most valuable for this organisation, yeah. as far as this organisation is concerned. Excellent. And you know, leadership is, is a thing that's demonstrated almost entirely by speech. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're a fantastic um, problem-solving person, if you cannot communicate effectively, Absolutely you right. will not get people to follow you and you will, that determines who follows you and what kind of results you get from your Absolutely peers. right. They say actions speak louder than words. Yes. I'm not always sure that's true. It's a good point. <laughs> it's a good... And welcome back to the third section and you will know our listeners, those of you who listen to us on a, a regular basis, that I was so consumed with this wonderful conversation that I've only gotten through two of the official questions. So Simon has been very kind to stay with us and we're going to, we're going to get through all the questions. But what I would like to say, Simon, you said something else very significant there, that the next time you're going to go forward, so you've been second, was it twice? 
I won't. No, I've competed once in the in the world final, which was in 2017, where I played second. I'd competed previously in the semi-finals. Okay, so you're going to go on until such time as you win it. Oh, who knows? I tell you what, it's lovely this year, yeah. 2018, to take a break from contests yes, to enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. watching other people's yeah, spe- speeches. It must be hard work because what I was going to say, it's such a shame that when you do win it, it's your get out of jail card. <laughs> you're gone. We don't hear any more from Simon Buckley. I have met. Except that when we're paying you ten dollars dollars an hour <laughs> I have met uh, I can think of at least one world champion of public speaking who feels mm. almost regretful that they won because yeah, yeah. because yeah. for that reason they, yeah. it means the the door of learning from contest experience yes. is now closed yes. at least as far as international is yeah, concerned yeah, exactly exactly yeah. so what has been your biggest Toastmasters challenge biggest Toastmasters challenge there's a thought now you've got me thinking what's Good. been the most Good. challenging thing Something very specific, which I remember being especially challenging, and it happened by accident, was in an evaluation contest some years ago at club level, where, as you, as you know, you, you get to make your notes after the speeches are finished, and then you hand in your notes, and then you're given them as you go back into the contest arena. And as I walked back in, the sergeant-at-arms handed me somebody else's notes. And I looked at them and I said, these are not mine. And she looked at me and said, this is, I said, no, trust me, they're not. <laughs> I know my own handwriting. And she turned around, but of course I was already being introduced. And it sticks out in my mind because it was the first time that I gave an evaluation without notes. This would have been back in 2007. And so I went up to the stage and I had to deliver my evaluation without any notes, without even having checked my notes, having written them. And it was strangely liberating. Yeah, it was challenging, which is why, as I say, it's the Mm. best answer I can give to your question. But it proved to be strangely uh, liberating, and I found myself subsequently doing away with notes. Certainly, I stopped taking notes when listening to a speaker, because it distracts you when you take notes whilst listening. I would only make notes after the speaker had finished. And then I found, and then not deliver the, use the notes when delivering the evaluation. And then I found myself thinking, well, what about actually not taking notes and then in the reflection time, in a contest environment, I mean, rather than writing down and making notes, not even taking notes there, but just reflecting on absorbing what it was that the speaker has said. And so, as they say, out of challenges, you learn new things. And it, it sticks in my mind because it influenced my evaluating ever after. I'm delighted I asked you that question because that's a beautiful answer. I always find that I'm distracted if I try to take notes. I put the note down to what I've heard, but I don't hear the next point that the speaker Mm. makes. Consequently, Mm. I'm not the best at giving evaluations. I've now adopted the the formula that you've given us here. Listen to the speech. Mm. Remember the main points that really struck you, and you only have to give three, maybe two, three, uh, Three recommendations and two commendations. Mm. So remember those and put them down after. So listeners, you heard it here from Simon Bucknell, how to do a good evaluation. Next question. If you could, what would you change about Toastmasters? I think it would be a wonderful thing to significantly ramp up the uh, Toastmasters involvement in and support for uh, young people under the age of 18. 
I think. I, I, I'm obviously aware yeah, that there's yeah, a great deal of, good, yeah, of yeah. good work that is already going on. The reality is that in terms of the profile of Toastmasters, it remains primarily one, an organisation, yes. of course, that, that serves adults and does a wonderful job in that mm -hmm. regard. I, it's very topical for me right now because I'm in the process of preparing a speech for a TEDx conference at which the need for public speaking to be on the curriculum in schools will be the topic. Have it's to something agree. I feel very, very strongly. Of course, I'm biased, but I feel, do feel it very strongly because it makes it, it in most education systems it doesn't feature the, 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 the obsession remains with reading and writing important skills as they are the ability to speak well just simply isn't taught consistently in schools across our world so I think that there is a huge opportunity for Toastmasters to over the coming years in looking ahead to make an impact in that area and to, and to ramp that up. So I'm not suggesting it's not something that's not already happening, I know it is, mm -hmm. but that's what I would change to say, right, let's whoosh, have a profile for Toastmasters in a school environment that, if not matches, is close to what it is for the yeah. adult world. Yeah. And, and listeners, you will, you will, you're listening out to the words of Simon Bucknell, and you heard it here on the talk show for talkers. This gentleman knows what he's talking about, and he has recommended that we should be ramping up youth leadership programmes, we should be giving the young kids in our school the tools that will help Absolutely. them to communicate, to become better leaders, to be better role models for those who will come after them. Absolutely right. I have to agree. That's a it's fantastic so answer. So, and so important. And, and, it's, and it's not as if it's purely for the benefit of young people. Yes. If I've learnt one thing from the experience in schools over the years, is that they have an enormous impact on the people listening to them. And I've, so my speech for the semi-final of the World Championships in Vancouver was inspired principally by the experience of a 15-year-old boy in a school who made an impact that I remember to this day. Having had thousands of speeches, I remember him. And if he knew this, he would probably be shocked because he may not have realised yeah, yeah. just how important an impact he made. Wonderful. Thank you for that. So what keeps you coming back to Toastmasters? Well, I've been a member now since January 2004. And what keeps me coming back is the... What the spirit of the organisation, I think, is is a wonderful thing. There is a real flame within Toastmasters, which I think is is tremendous. And of course, it's a w wonderfully international organisation, and there are always new people to meet and so on. So there's all of those, uh, all of that side of it. But I, I think also from a from a speaking point of view, from a practical point of view. Uh, this is a lifelong journey that we're on as, as learners mm -hmm. and, and where else, it goes back to this idea of a safe environment, where better to continue to sharpen your saw, to, to try new things out, to develop new material. It feels like it's a, it'll be a bit like saying to an athlete, well, why do you still go to the gym? Why do you still go for jog? Why don't you just turn up at the stadium and run the Olympic final. It's, 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 it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah, and, sure, and so I think I feel yeah. the same way with Toastmasters. Yeah, public mm. speaking professionally has been my life and world now for 10 years, uh, principally coaching, running workshops and so on, but also, of course, addressing audiences uh, of a large scale at conferences. But, but I still, to this day, find tr tremendous value in all sorts of ways from being re remaining a member of, oh, of this organisation. Yeah, fantastic. As a Beautiful testament on behalf of Toastmasters. And you will also have heard, listeners, that this gentleman is well read because he loved it. He used a lovely quote from Simon, Simon Covey with the sharp in the saw. Sharp in the saw, that's yeah, right, yeah, Stephen Covey, yeah, yeah, that's right. The important right. principles of the seven most, whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right, yeah. The, the habits, yeah. So, they, they sink the, in the these things, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was beautiful. Seven habits, and yeah. It had been such a pleasure just speaking to you because I can even feel 
you know, the vibrations in the room, the way you smile, the way you communicate, the way you get across to people. And it, even though I didn't catch, and mea culpa, I didn't catch all your workshop, your keynote speech there, and I apologise for that. I but, won't take it personally, that's but, quite But right. I, got in, I got in for most of it. But when, more, everybody who came to me after, they said, wasn't that fantastic? Did you hear what he said there? Would, I mean, the lessons that you gave people today, and it's, I think it's fantastic when you see adults, and I know we're all adults, but when I, when I talk about adults, and I, I, I'm sort of not a 40, I'm talking about people who are more elderly than you, <laughs> to hear them say, did you hear what that man said? They took it as if we were all in the same age bracket, you know, in, what is it, early 30s? Forties. Hmm. Well, it's kind of you to say so. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 41. I'll spare 41, you the suspense. Well done, well done, well done. So, Simon, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you Delighted. very much. We're cutting this one a little bit short because we're about to go for dinner at the Safe Haven conference because you used the word earlier on safe environment mm. so it's nice that you use that because we're in a safe haven this is the safe haven 2018 district 71 conference and we're signing out with simon bucknell a real pleasure thank you sir It happened to me on my way driving back home. I was stopped on the police on my way to drive here, so I didn't know that was going to happen. But I have developed a little flexibility about these things, so I took it in my stride. Oh. But people who come into Toastmasters wanting to know everything in advance, they're going to have a little bit of strain, I think, Ted. Paul, did, do you you think? Go, did you go well, to university? Right. Yes. Right, did you have um, books that you studied and you're as part of your university course. I generally ignored them and I went into the library, found my own and I did my own study. Okay, but each of those books you could read uh, page 999 if such existed, mm -hmm. if you wanted to before you read page one. Correct. Okay, so what we are saying, what we are seeing here in Toastmasters is not what happens in real life learning situations. Shall we so, have a, shall we have a conflict about this? And Ted could help I us think resolve, we'll have it. To resolve it. <laughs> because we won't move past stage three. But on the other hand, it's a valuable point you make there, which is. is that the, again the point is that not all you see there are different kinds of learning. If you're going to learn from a book, you get the whole book and you can read the conclusions at the beginning. If you're going to learn by what what I would is generally called action learning, which is that you only learn as you go along and you have, you're really often in the dark about what's coming next. Yes. And it's actually your reflection on what comes around the corner that you learn from. You do the learning, yeah. So basically you just, I don't know what the video they're going to give me. I don't actually, to be truthful, just between you and me and the wall, I actually would prefer not know, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because it would mm -hmm. distract me from making my stage two speech. Right. I yeah, want to just concentrate point. on my skills. Yeah. When I'm ready to go on, otherwise I might have decided I won't do persuasive um, uh, influencing, influencing because I didn't like the video. Yeah, I know you would think, actually I was thinking along the same lines as you, but probably slightly from a slightly different angle. I'm thinking that the, the, what this video will do will show you a situation where you have two people trying to resolve a conflict. I might be 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to take what you learned from that and present that as a speech in your club. Yeah. I might be 100% wrong, but that's what I think and might be involved. My theory is that the video will say, go out and pick a fight with somebody <laughs> deliberately. <laughs> yes. And then learn from and the fight that you've set up. And you learn how by to doing. Resolve and it. you learn by doing. Either yeah. that or your Who flattened. knows? 
Yeah, okay, that's, that's shall, very, we, shall we continue? Good angle. Yes, we will. I mean, we that, continue. That was, that was all very interesting. <laughs> 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 so the elective, the level three elective projects, as, as always, we have about 12 projects to choose from, and we're going to choose two from these, and they are as follows. The deliver social speeches, this appears in most of them. Uh, using presentation software, again, that appears regularly. Connect with storytelling, again, appears regularly, and quite rightly so. Creating effective visual aids, CC six, seven, seven, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, or CC eight. In the old e system, e e e e in the old e system, e which e is e now our e e days, e yes. E e e e using descriptive language, connecting with your audience, make connections through networking, focus on the positive, inspire your audience, prepare for an interview, understanding vocal variety and effective body language. So if you've done your CC manual before... That old system, you mean? Mm -hmm. In the old system, your competent communicator manual, you will have effectively done a lot of these projects. So you will be able to choose maybe some of the more meaty projects, which mm -hmm. are more directly appropriate to this persuasive influence. And how, what did you say, that you'll select two of you those? You select two. So, so what a selection you have, it's even better than the old system. Oh, it is far better, far better. If, if, I'm, if I'm setting out to learn about conflict, no, not about conflict resolution, I'm setting out to develop an ability to be persuasive, mm -hmm. persuasive in mm -hmm. right? yeah. yes, yeah. And I, there, I uh, decide to do um, uh, visual aids, mm -hmm. let's say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if my path is to develop myself to be more persuasive, the question then comes into my mind about what shall I what what shall I use these visual aids for mm -hmm. if I am to move forward and be more persuasive. So I'm going to make a speech in which I'm going to try to persuade people of something to come on board. With you. I, it won't be. I'm not going to tell them a. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm probably you may not be, going you to may tell them a story. A story. Okay, that's, that's but right. I, persuasion no, is the key a, word, yeah, isn't yes, it? Yes, you have a very yeah. good point, and. Uh, I don't know how this is going to come up in the evaluations, but the the speeches that we give on these subjects have to be related to the path that we're following. Yes. If it if it's not, then what's the point of it yeah. other than just general learning? Yeah. If I tell you, well, I went on holidays. I tell you, I went up the Eiger and I came down the other side, and there were lovely butterflies. It might be a fabulous speech like that, but there's no persuasion yeah, unless yes, unless yeah. we're getting the whole club to go up mm. the Eiger next year. Yeah, and unless you're a travel agent and you hope to get the business, <laughs> being persuasive there would be... Yeah. Or unless you're in the health and safety business yes. and you say you need to bring a health and safety yeah, guide yeah, and with you yeah, yeah. next year and, and I'm available. And your crampons and all the rest of it. Excuse me. Right. <laughs> Careful what words you're using on the show. I'm tape. just honeyfoggling you, Paul. <laughs> Level four. <laughs> just bringing this subject back to the show. Level four. Building skills. Now, the mandatory project in, in this is leading in difficult situations. We're getting more mm. meaty now. Leading in difficult Le situations. Create yeah. a project plan, real or hypothetical, present it in a speech, and let the audience offer potential disruptions to your plan and offer impromptu solutions. And it's a 15 to 20 minute project. Mm. Can right. you just say that again? Let the audience Let the offer audience you offer potential disruptions to your plan. I Heckle, like that heckling, word disruptions. Heckling, heckling yeah. and yeah, you can't do that. Come get, on, yeah, get, yeah, get yeah, real. This is not yes, this exactly. sort of thing. Yeah. Well, no, they could even do it in a different kind of way. They could say, you know, what uh, 
problems do you anticipate with, for sake of argument, your supervisor at work? Mm -hmm. No, indeed, indeed. And but I mean, the, 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 yeah, the, the key thing is the key thing plan. is that, that, that it is disruptive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the resources available are project plan resource, a project plan overview resource, plan disruption ideas resource, which is a handout to club members. So uh, we're feeding the club members. You get people to act out the parts. Well, we yes. get, we're feeding the club members yes. with, with mm -hmm. things that they can use to disrupt the proceedings. Mm -hmm. Usually you see as a present before, in Toastmasters. As before, we have uh, elective projects, and there are four. Uh, sorry, it, on level four, there are eight of them, as always, and we have to choose one. Create a podcast, building a social media presence, managing a difficult audience, write a compelling blog, manage online meetings, question and answer session, public relations strategies, and manage projects successfully. And sorry, Paul, I, for, for cutting over you there. Let's get through to the end, and then yeah, we can come yeah. back and uh, pick up more points. Like, yeah. Yeah. So the level five is, there are two things to do. The main thing is the high-performance leadership project. And I hope we don't need to go into any more detail on that. Uh, and as always, reflecting on your path. And there's, uh, there's one elective project out of five. And they are from Lessons Learned, moderate a panel, moderate a panel discussion, ethical leadership, leading an evolutionary organization and preparing to speak professionally. Now, maybe when we finish this, we'll go into a bit more detail on some of these higher level mm -hmm, uh, projects, because I think they just reading off from a list like that doesn't actually give a meat. Now, all these projects are actually meaty projects. They're not things that, we're, that you're going to be able to do in, in a, a week or two mm. weeks or a month. But so the, the trick is for a person to gradually get the hang of bending the projects, if you like, to help them, for example, to become more persuasive. Yeah. Because at the end of exactly. doing the exactly persuasive that. influence path, in a way, everyone in the club should have the impression that you're actually more persuasive than before. Of course. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's the whole objective. The whole objective. Yeah. 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 Isn't it? What is yeah. it? Of because if, and they'll see oh, yeah. you, but also people, if it's going to be really successful, people in the rest of your life will see that you've become yeah, more of persuasive. Of course. And this is the whole, this is the whole ethos of Toastmasters. And I can see, you can just imagine in a club, all of us will be going, not all of us will, will be selecting the same stuff. So look at the learning mm. we're going mm. to do because yeah. our members will be picking different things to us yeah. and they will be educating us. We'll all be going, like Ted, like Maura will be going around with a PI hat on her head. Right. Mm -hmm. I'll be going around with a VC hat on my head. Right. And you might be going around with an SM hat on your head. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. We, we need different colour badges in we the do, club. We do, We need ten different colours. So I think everybody and should be embracing this new pathways. We could wear a badge saying, I'm on the yellow path, or I'm on the yellow brick road. Yellow Meyer brick road. Is on, the, yeah. on the pink panther road. Right. You're, you're on the purple persuader road. Right. But we Colour purple. could have. Taxi. Yeah, the colour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have badges, and we could invent them ourselves. I think it's a I think wonderful not idea. Not only could we, I think we should, we should. as we do already with some idea. of our... Colour coders. Yep. So we're coming to the end of the show, folks, so we have to say goodbye and good night or good morning yeah. or good midday, depending yeah. on where you are in the world. Bye. We'll see you next week and 
just bye from and me. thanks to Simon Buckman. And thanks to Simon Buckman. Paul, you're going to say goodbye? Thanks to Moira and thanks to Ted. And I look forward. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.